we are alive. Not me. You don't even have my shit set up to where you're on camera. Well, I guess you must have joined. <laughs> I didn't even notice you weren't in camera. <laughs> oh, no, that's not what we want. Well, then I guess I don't feel as bad. No, where is my setting? There we go. God. Hey, guys. As you can tell, we got to start early and get this shit right. <laughs> oh, where is my setting? There we go. Hey, Kitten Gaming, how are you? Hey, Kitten. All right, pop out chat, Murphy. <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing? Lord. Hey, Heather. Hey, Heather. Hey, Amanda. Maria, Nicole, Andy. Hello, Amanda. How are you guys today? Happy Monday. I feel so happy. About I don't know. Oh, I got a tweet out. It's Monday. There we go. Supposed to have the night off work, but I got to go to work. I know. Law. Get everything ready. All right. How are you guys? Good to see you. Good to see you. You're the best. You're the best around. Damn it. <laughs> I wonder how many of them were trying to recruit from my show yesterday. Right? Our show, I should say, mine and Andy's. Nice, Nicole. She finally got her hair cut up after a year. I know how that goes. Everybody's spreading the moon cookie love. Doing good, Heather. We're good. We're good. Definitely. Definitely. A little tired, but all right. Yeah, definitely a big shout out to Andy, though, for yesterday. And Amanda and all the other ones that, that came in and had a, had a ball. One meter of hair. What's that in American? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, thank you, Heather, for the limons. If she had said a yard, I know that's three and a quarter feet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, what that is in American. In the metric system. She says, ask Andy. <laughs> Hi, Maria. They're crazy anyway. Well, you know, the thing with this was yesterday was mostly a girl show. Yeah, it was. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, Jim. Hey, Jim. Happy Monday. Yeah, See? we was definitely outnumbered yesterday. Yes. But they couldn't scare me and Andy away. We held on strong. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one meter three feet. Damn. That's a lot of weight lifted. Yeah, women, woman power. Aww. Aww. That's understandable, Maria. Amanda says, Marsons love too. Points it to Cat and the TV. Aww. Well, we're sending love to Mars. 
on Earth. You got a snowy Monday. We don't actually have snow today. I was saying she had fun playing the wizard game. It was it was fun. I I wanted to play it last night, but I'm like, no, I can't get too far ahead of Mister Minster because he really will kill me. <laughs> yes, rain was on. I, I, Thank you, Nicole. Rain, I we actually got rain to come up on panel. That that was really fun. I had fun playing that. Yeah, if I get it too far ahead of him, he will. Considering, you know, I have to be careful because he did he did start, he was like level 27 or something, and he started all over so we could move up in the ranks. Hello, hey, love, Wanda. love Wanda. How are you? Good morning. I think, was it Amanda that we also had up on panel? I believe so. <laughs> no, not yet, but we'll let you know. All of a sudden, you hear this rumbling going through. <laughs> Delivery for Mr. Eddie? Yep, so it was Amanda. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so, too. Yeah, It was a crazy show. Were you eating a hot slice of pizza? Were you <laughs> like he does every time he eats something hot? <laughs> That's true, Andy. That is so true. And he says, I've been in a state of shock from having two women on panel and numerically outnumbered by them in chat yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) That's a scary, scary thing. Put all the other guys ran and hid. Right. All the guys just disappeared. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just messy. Gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) I'm having an awesome morning myself. How about you? I'm doing good. Yeah. Hope you're having an awesome morning. Oh, you didn't have to hide anything. Nah, believe me. You guys see how to eat on here all the time. Come on, guys. Ha ha. warned me. <laughs> you then get me. <coughs> Although. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord. Amanda just got smacked. Mm-mm. Why are you snagging me? Heather did. That's what I said. Heather just got smacked. No, you said Amanda. Oh, did I? Yeah. We'll do it again. <laughs> now they both got smacked. I <laughs> know, <laughs> uh, right, Andy? Heather's like, dang, foiled again. <laughs> There's a new one. That's a that's a cute. Does that have three eyes? It looks like when it howls, it's got three eyes. <laughs> that's funny. I like it though. I like it. Definitely. So today on today's show, tell you what, we got a spooky, spooky story, a couple of them. And then we're going to be discussing, basically, the whole show is going to be about poltergeists. And then belief in the soul, what the soul is. What do you guys think the soul is? What do you think the soul is? Matter. Matter? Atoms, mass, it's non-existent. 
I mean, physically. I was going to say, how can it be non-existent if... I bet you Fluky does want a cookie. <laughs> so, you, you guys, I'm not saying that. That was funny you did the other day without even, you just said it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You guys tricked me into that one. That was not my fault. Energy, Nicole says energy. Well, this, Amanda did. Or Heather did. Heather said it. Oh, and energy. Nicole said it. See, they're on the same page. Well, that's what matter is, is energy. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. Don't call me a coward. I'm just smart. <laughs> I think Amanda says if Luke, you might want a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> I slapped him for you, Nicole. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm not gonna explain it to Marie why why we say that. <laughs> I was going to and then I'm like, no, I'm not even gonna touch on that. We'll just say Nicole has dogs that listen. And one understands English quite well. <laughs> <laughs> Keywines, cookies, and mice. Oh my! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Nicole's dogs are very talented, and one of them like knows English and recognizes my voice. Knows that word very well, and drives Nicole nuts. (laughs) Only when you say cookies. That's why Nicole doesn't want to say a cookies. I saw that, Heather. Uh, I uh, do. I didn't even have to look at it twice. I already spotted it. <laughs> hey, Brigitte. She tries. She tries her damnest. I got to give her credit for that. She tries so hard. <laughs> yeah, see, even Nicole says, yep, one of my dogs now even responds to Eddie's voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, Shadows did not say that word again. What word? That word, that freaky type. I can't read. Can you say it? To you can read that word. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> all of you. That's just for all of you. <laughs> right, Jim. Exactly. Well, y'all act like saying cookies and swearing. <laughs> Hey, don't give me notifications when I'm live there. Oh, that's cute, Amanda. Mars understands English too, even though she'll answer back in meows, chirps, and purrs. That's cool. Well, you didn't really expect the cat to talk to you, did you? That would be wild. Can you imagine just one day you're like, how are you? Oh, so-and-so. that would be so dirty. That would be funny. Oh, uh, what the fart? <laughs> Heather had it right on the money. Marie says we need to send her a card that yells cookies. Right? <laughs> that would be, you open it up like the one of the music cards? Yeah. Cookies! <laughs> Jim's like, I have a mouthful of future. That's not fair. You should be sharing that. Well, I got you macaroni and cheese. It's not the same as beef jerky. Well, la-di-da. <laughs> 
right. I used to love beef jerky, the ones that came in the little pucks. Do you remember those? Oh, the shredded shit? Yeah, the shredded beef jerky. I loved those things until one day. I bought like five cans of it because I absolutely love it. And uh, I opened it up and it was all moldy. I I never ate it again. Well, I kind of understand why. Yeah, which sucks because, I mean, I really love that shit. In some circles, beef jerky is rather naughty and gross. Yeah, and some of them they are. <laughs> Old Trapper hot and spicy. Old Trapper's the the bag, right? I believe that we get the brown. It's like a dark bag. No, no. Andy, God bless America. You you're mean to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to disagree with Freaky because he says mold is not good, but mold is good. Well, yeah. Because they make penicillin out of mold. Right. Well, mold is not good on. It just make you feel ugh, but it ain't gonna kill you. Yeah. Marisa, she just ate KFC. You guys are mean. <laughs> oh, we have Reese's Cups. Yeah, no, I won't eat them anymore either. But we even have Reese's Pieces that are inside cookies. <laughs> They're made by Chips Ahoy. <laughs> um... Yeah, I can't eat Reese's Pieces or Reese's Cups anymore because of that freaking stupid-ass thing on Facebook. Yes, Amanda, there are some uh, cheeses that are actually made straight from mold. Blue cheese. Which I like. I don't see it. That's it. I don't like blue cheese unless it's on hot wings. Right. <laughs> mold is bad. Malt is good, Freddy. <laughs> yes. I have to agree. <laughs> Malt is very good. So, yeah, like I said, oh. <laughs> Nicole's swearing in four different languages. See, you guys are in trouble. Freaky says, I've never had blue cheese myself. I like happy foods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love blue cheese. It's weird. I don't, I like it as a dipping sauce. I don't like it as. I can't eat it on like a salad. I think because my mom always had blue cheese on a salad. I can't stand peppercorn. <gasps> peppercorn ranch. No, no. Yeah, Pe he's not Pe a pepper pepper person anyway. But no. peppercorn ranch, yeah, that is the best. It, it, it's funny because uh, Heather says that, and when she says I don't like uh, pepper, if I watch you put pepper in the food that you're making, I will not eat that food. Yeah. White cake, vodka, milk, and vodka. White cake, vodka, milk, vodka. Milk. Oh, Andy, that's nasty. <laughs> that sounds good, Maria. That's nasty, Andy. What's well, got vodka in it? So after a couple of them, it ain't gonna matter what the hell it tastes like. <laughs> I have to be careful because I I went into uh, sugar shock, sugar shock, drinking um Alabama Slammers. So I have to be careful of uh, sugary drinks, even though I like, like, white Russians. Nobody told her to drink 30 of them in one fucking sitting. I know. Once I got sick, I was fine. We went to another bar and had a beer. But, you know, um, that was quite scary, though. I mean, going through sugar shock, if anybody's ever gone through it, it's not 
the most pleasant thing in the world. You're standing there. Well, I was standing there and my good friend was talking. She's like, Missy, Missy, sit down. Cause she could tell something was wrong and I could comprehend what she was saying, but I couldn't move. That was pretty freaky. I will say. <laughs> Blue Russians matter. Sorry. I just like white Russians. <laughs> You're allergic to onions, peppers, and, and pen? I don't know what pen is. I would, let me tell you, I would die if I was allergic to onions and peppers. <laughs> well, I, well I, yeah. No, because you saute, saute onions and green peppers and red peppers on, on a hot sub sandwich. Oh. Sausage? Oh, yeah. I would absolutely, oh, my God. Just smothered in melted Swiss cheese. Oh, I'm telling, shut up. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you people? <laughs> you know, oh, oh, penicillin? Yeah. There's a, a penicillin, <laughs> actually, if you, I don't know if you, you guys probably can't see it on screen, but a lot of times I shake. <laughs> Eddie gets, he's like, he's known me for 10 years. You're shaking my way. And then he's like, why are you shaking? Because every once in a while, my head will start shaking. Oh, yeah, it like a bubble head. And I can't feel, I don't even notice it anymore. But it's because I took, um, there's a type of penicillin that I'm allergic to. I don't know what type it is, <laughs> which isn't good. But, you know, um, it makes me shake. Rattle and roll. <laughs> yeah, shake, rattle and roll. <laughs> Oh, yeah, onions. And, I put onions on everything. Ask him. Everything I order has to have onions on it. Salt. Got to have salt. He, yeah, he's a big salt person. I am surprised my, my blood pressure isn't through the roof. I know. His sodium intake, holy crap. Andy don't like to taste the peppers. Yeah, a nice steak baguette with caramelized onions and a red wine gravy. Now, yeah, yeah. That sounds pretty good. I used to make that topping for our uh, ribeye, I remember. Yeah, that was pretty damn good. Gorgonzola sauce with heavy cream and uh, onions and mushroom in it. And you slowly melt it down to where it thickens up and you pour it over the top of that. It almost tastes like French onion dip. But it's so good with steak. Now, you guys know that I do these shows before I eat breakfast. <laughs> and knowing that it's Cheap Chicken Monday, and that I'll be having chicken afterwards with my macaroni and cheese. Well, let's if I go back over to the store to get the chicken. They didn't have it ready. Hey, Lynn! Hey, Lynn's. These guys are just mean. <laughs> I'm not hungry. Well, you ate your mac and cheese. I didn't yet. Well, that wasn't my fault. <laughs> I was hungry. Hey, Nourish Thoughts. How are you? Welcome. Nourish. I said Nourish. Sound like you said Nourish. I could have. I mean, <laughs> but no. I do readings on Tuesdays. But if you come back tomorrow, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going live tomorrow with breeding. People do not hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> Jim says, now I'm hungry for KFC. <laughs> See? 
wrong. We're doing good, Norris. Now, see, you got me saying it. Nourish. Nourish. <laughs> I'm just going to say thoughts. You can take <laughs> as much of something away as you can, but you can't take all of it as your food you don't prepare. We'll have something that you don't want in it. People on your podcast can't understand you when you mumble. Today is Paranormal Day. We talked all things paranormal. Well, right now, they're talking about everything food. But <laughs> Mondays is paranormal. There is a schedule up on my channel. Snickers bars for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love popcorn chicken. Yes, that is good. That is good. You think we'd be tired of KFC chicken, though? You would think. I love their potato bowls. Remember I know, those? but I'm just talking about how much KFC we used to eat in New York when we lived in a tent. Yeah. Apparently, freaky. <laughs> Food is paranormal now. Apparently. Hey, you know what? It, it is a dead living creature, so it, you never know. <laughs> dead living creature? It was a living creature. Oh, nice. Ribs and buffalo wild wings. Yes, exactly. Well, you're right, Freaky. <laughs> the farts is dead food haunting us. That is true. It's not haunting us. It's haunting everybody around us. Ron! Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Ron, for the diamond. You got a good picture to with you. Watch it be a plate of food. I, I can. <laughs> <laughs> if you're hungry, don't come in here. <laughs> You'll be starved by the time you leave. <laughs> I have to choke down my coffee because I'm I'm so hungry now. <laughs> How you doing, Ron? I know. I'm sorry, Freaky. Freaky's like I wasted a diamond while Shadow was playing the game because I didn't have on me on my sounds right, or anything. Eight, Eight p.m. your time. It's it's noon our time. So you're going to actually be going live as soon as our show ends. Why, where is she? Um, over the pond, I think. Over the pond? You're outside? It's beautiful out there? <laughs> right, Jim? I'm telling you. All right. So, Welcome everyone to the shadows of the moon show with a little bit of chaos today of course is monday musings so you know what that means it's time for a discussion about spooky things and scary stories and questioning the paranormal so like i said on today's show first off we got some some creepy stories we're talking about the big chill then we're talking about poltergeist we're going to look at a book that that has the eight stages of poltergeist haunting from 1911. We'll see if anything's changed since then. Time has. And then we're going to look at, well, yes, time has. <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to look at 10 things you didn't know about poltergeist. We most likely know about them because we're paranormal people. So we most likely know about them, but you never know. And then we're going to talk about the belief of the soul. What is the soul? As always, if you're listening to the podcast portion of this, thank you so much for supporting us. We really appreciate it. Thank you to everybody that's coming in to watch. We appreciate it so much. 
And of course, if you are over on the podcast, we invite you to come on over and hang with us every Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Alaskan time, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Different topic each week or each day, I should say. (laughs) Each day of the week. (laughs) Yeah. And as I, and don't forget, as I roll the credits, yeah, as I roll the credits, get over to D-Live and get those lemons. I'll open up the chest for you guys. All right, you guys ready to get started? Let me pull up the story. Poltergeese. Yes, poltergeese. Geese that go nuts. We There's a lot of those. <laughs> thank you for the lemon, Nicole. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so some places are more frightening than others. It's hard to nail down a specific reason why, but even so, I can't think of a single person who might disagree. Some places just have a way of getting under your skin. For some, it's the basement. For others, it's the attic. For others, it's the graveyard. And for the fourth, it's all of them. (laughs) (laughs) For Freaky Geek, it's all of them. That's right. You cannot leave Freaky Geek out of that equation. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, sometimes the loo is scary. See? Freaky Geek outhouse. Because there might be a bear that sort of a Hey, no, I'll tell you, the place that I grew up, I got scared of that bathroom so many times. I don't know how many times I ran out of there real quick and zipping up my pants because I was just like, I don't want to stay in there. Well, I'm just talking about the I bear. don't know why. Because they found yeah. a bear and they, it's yeah. they don't, they serve it scratch your ass or bitter ass. Yeah, in the, yeah, we did the story. <laughs> Freaky Geek is coffee made. Yeah, Freaky Geek is the coffee made. You're always making tea. I'm anyway. Sure. I got a beer. <laughs> so, and even know, you might even know people who are afraid of colors. Fear, it seems, is a landmine that can be triggered by almost anything. And while history might be full of hauntingly tragic stories that span a variety of settings and climates, the most chilling one, chilling ones, literally, I said it. That was pretty damn good are those that take place in harsh environment of winter. The incident at the Dytop Pass, which you guys, have you heard about that? They did a, they think they know what happened. They think it was a mini avalanche. Hiya, Truth. Hiya, hiya. How are you, hon? Thank you for the ice cream, Amanda. I'm sorry, I was trying to read everybody's chat. I was going by so quick. What did they think might have been an avalanche? At the die top, at the kids that were found out in the tent. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They think it might have been a mini avalanche, and like they heard it, so that's why they ripped out. And I don't know. That still seems awful strange, though. I know. I they know. didn't grab anything. No, no. So, they think because it was pilot. Well, don't you think it'd be, you would have grabbed a laptop or something? They didn't have a laptop back then. Something that they could have tried to communicate with. You just took off without nothing. You think we you think we leaving here without nothing? I know. I'm just so upset. Okay, but it doesn't explain why they would take off their clothes and everything. It's, yeah, well, maybe. Yeah. No. Oh no, we'll have to do the story one day to follow up. But anyway, so 
that's one place. The tragedy of the Donner Party, even the sinking of the Titanic in 1912, took place in freezing waters of the North Atlantic. Winter, it seems, is well equipped to end lives and create fear. And when I think of dangerous winters, I think of Maine. Well, I don't. The person writing this does, but... Um, And you think about it, if you love horror, you might think of Maine, too, because of Stephen King. But even though he's tried hard to, over the last few years to make us believe in Derry and Castle Rock and Sam Lot, the state has enough danger of its own. Maine is also home to nearly 3,500 yeah, miles of coastline. More than even California, and that's where the real action happens. The main coastline is littered with thousands of small islands, jagged rocks, ancient lighthouses, and even older legends. And all of them in the cold north, where the sea is cruel and the weather can be deadly. It, and it's often there in places that are isolated and exposed. Oh, you lifted up your arm and I thought the eye points thing was coming up. I'm like, that's why I paused. Go ahead, bitch. Oh. <laughs> so now I know how to get you to shut up. <laughs> yeah, right. You just do that, and I'm like looking at the chat. It's often there in places that are isolated and exposed that odd things happen, things that seem born of circumstance and climate, things that leave the mark on the people there, things that would never happen on the mainland. And if the stories are to believe, well, that's a good thing. The coastline of Maine isn't a neat, tidy, and neat and tidy as other states. Don't picture sandy beaches, warm waves that you can walk through. And this is the cold north. The water is always chilly and the land tends to emerge from the waves as large, jagged rocks. Go ahead. Pull up a ma map of Maine. You'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> This place is dangerous, and because of that, ships have a long history of difficulty when it comes to navigating the coast of Maine. Part of that is because of all the islands. They're everywhere. According to the most recent count, there are 4,600 of them scattered along. Spreading the mooncake love. Thank you, Freaky Geek. Um, scattered along the coastal waters like fragments of broken bottle. One such fragment is Seguin Island. It's only three miles from the mainland, but it's easy to understand how harsh winter weather could isolate anyone living there very quickly. And when you're the keeper of the lighthouse there, that isolation comes with the job. The legend that has been passed down for decades there is the story of the keeper from the mid-1800s. According to the tale, the keeper was newly married, and after moving to the island with his bride, they both began to struggle with the gulf between. Hey, you got a couple questions coming in. Oh, okay. Um, Freaky Geek says there's a map of you. I, he was, I think he's just being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ron says, uh, uh, okay, offshore, underwater volcanoes? I don't think so. Uh, I think I had, it's just a very rocky. Yeah. I had to read this saying Maine has a very rocky coastline. Yeah. Is, uh, all right, Freaky asked, is Maine where the rain, rain falls in the plains? Is, huh? I don't know. Never seen it rain inside of a plane. 
like what type of planes? Are you talking about flying planes or are you talking about planes like in isolated? Planes. Yeah. I hope he's not talking about real planes. I don't want to go on the plane if it's going to rain inside of it. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Oh. oh, she grew up in New England. Very right. cool. Very cool. I uh, grew up in New York. I'm thinking of a rhyme. Whether the rain falls mainly. Oh, oh I do. That yeah. does sound familiar. I get what he's saying now, but he spelled plain wrong. Right, right. Okay, so according to the tale, the keeper was newly married, and after moving to the island with his bride, they both began to struggle with the gulf between their between their lives there and the people on the coast. So to give his wife something to do with her time and maybe get a bit of entertainment out of it for himself, the keeper ordered a piano for her. They said it was delivered during the autumn, just as the winter chill was creeping in. And in the story, it had to be hoisted up the rock face. But that's probably not true. Seguin is more like a green hill protruding from the water than anything, if anything else. Um, and that's where these old stories provide plenty of drama. So when the piano arrived, the keeper's wife was elated. But buyer's remorse quickly set in. You see, the piano only come with the sheet music for one song. With winter quickly... The song never ends? Shut up. That was just mean. You said it, though. <laughs> <laughs> with winter quickly rolling from the north, shipping is a, shipping and more music was impossible. So she settled in and made the best of it. The legend says that she played the song nonstop over and over all through the winter. Somehow she was immune to the monotony of it all, the monotony of it all, not the monotony, the monotony of it all. But her husband, the man who had only been hoping for distraction and entertainment, took it hard. They say it drove him insane. And in the end, the keeper took an axe, destroyed the piano, hacking into it nothing more than a pile of wood and wire, and then, still deranged from the re repetitive tune, he turned the axe on his wife, nearly chopping her head off in the process. The tragic story always ends with the keeper's suicide, but most known at all to be fiction. At least that's the general opinion. But even today, there are some who claim if you happen to find yourself in a boat in the water between the island and the mainland, you can still hear the sound of the piano music drifting across the waves. I, I, do, I, I believe that. You believe it? Only if you think about it, um, how many people can still hear um, lighthouses, the foghorns that, that are no longer active. Right. But they used to warn the ships, and all the ships that have crashed out there, they can still hear that horn late at night. That's like true. Like it's warning the ships. That's true. So something like that, you know, that's what drove him insane. Yeah. So it's going to stay around with him. So, yeah, I, I can see that happening. What do you guys think? I know, man. It's better than getting a song stuck in your head. Freaky says, shame is not the show that never ends. <laughs> it's, a, it's a small, small world. You guys are mean, man, today. What the hell? First food, now they're going to play all that, their name, all this um, songs that will get stuck in my head. 
Yeah, that's right. Anything is possible. And something like that, I definitely think it could be possible. Yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, it would drive somebody nuts. I mean, although me and you, we're like, would you shut the fuck up? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you didn't talk to your mate back then. You know what I mean? You really didn't. But me and Monday, I know I'm going to have to change the freaking name of the podcast. Yeah, I know, right? Andy, welcome back to your quiet and peaceful weekend. From your quiet and peaceful yeah. weekend. Well, I agree, Amanda. Well, let me tell you something, though. Barney, as much as people want to diss Barney, Barney taught my oldest daughter a lot. I, <laughs> I will hate say. You, you hate me. No, not we'll that. Tie Barney to a tree. <laughs> but seriously, Barney taught my, my kids a lot. All right, so next is Boone Island. Longer than the lady that. Yeah. You're the best. Freezes that purple thing is scary. (laughs) (laughs) Careful. Yep, I see it. Good try. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't get me. Boone Island is near the southern tip of Maine's long coastline. It's not a big island, but by any stretch of the imagination, perhaps 400 square yards in total. But there's a lighthouse that's been there since 1811. And due to many shipwrecks that have plagued the island for as long as Europeans have sailed in those waters. The most well-known shipwreck on Boone Island occurred when there in the winter of 1710, when the Nottingham Galley, a ship contained, captained by John Dean, wrecked there on the rocks. All 14 crew members survived, but the ship was lost, stranding them without help or supplies in a long, cold winter. As the, unfortunately, as the unfortunate sailors died one by one, the survivors were forced to eat the dead or face starvation. So they had to turn to cannibalism. And they did this for the for days until fishermen finally discovered and rescued them. But that's not the most memorable story from Boone Island. That honor falls to the tale of Catherine Bright, the wife of a former lighthouse keeper there in the 19th century. And according to those who believed the story, the couple had only been on the island for a few months when Catherine's husband slipped while trying to tie off their boat. He fell and hit his head on the rocks and slid unconsciously into the water where he drowned. At first, Catherine tried to take on the duties of keeping the lighthouse running herself, but after nearly a week, fishermen in New York on the mainland watched the light flickers out and stay dark. When they traveled to the island to investigate, they found Catherine sitting in the tower of stairs. She was cradling her dead husband's corpse in her arms. Legend has it that if Catherine was brought back, legend has it that Catherine was brought back to York, along with her. That's scary, York. That's where that's my school. <laughs> along with her husband's body, but it was too late for her. Just like the lighthouse they had left behind, she was now cold and dark. Some flames, it seems, can't be relit. There's been a lighthouse on the shore of Rockland, Maine for nearly 200 years. 
It's on an oddly shaped hill with two large depressions in the face of the rock that was said to remind the locals of an owl. So when the light was built in 1825, of course, named Owl's Head. Given any building long enough, mix in some tragedy and unexplained phenomenon, and you get almost guarantee a few legends will be born. That is sad, isn't it, Heather? I know. Owl's Head is no exception. One of the oldest stories is a well-documented one from 1850. It tells about a horrible winter storm that ripped through the Pentecost Bay area in December of uh, on December 22nd of that year, excuse me, at least five ships were driven driven around by harsh waves and chill wind. It was destructive and fierce storm, and it would have been an understatement to say that it wasn't a wise idea to be out that night, on land or at sea. A small ship had been anchored at James Point that night. The captain had done the smart thing and gone ashore to weather the storm inside, but he left some people behind on the ship. Three, actually. First mate, Richard Ingram, a sailor named Roger Elliott, and Lydia Dyer, a passenger. Well, that's rude. Those, While those three poor souls tried to sleep that night in the, in the schooner, the storm pushed the ship so hard that the cable snapped, sending the ship adrift across the bay. Now, it's not exactly a straight shot southeast to get to Owlheads. It's a path shaped more like a backwards sea to get around the rocky coast. But the ship somehow managed to do it anyway. It passed the breakwater, drift east, drifting east, it drifted east and south, and finally rounded the rocky peninsula where Owl's Head Light is perched, all before smashing against the rocks. The three passengers survived. The impact... As the ship began, oh, the three passengers survived the impact, and as the ship began to take on water, they scrambled up to the top deck. Better than biting wind in the freezing water, they assumed they just waited, huddled there with a pile of blankets against the storm, just waiting for help. While the ship began to actually break apart in the waves, though, Elliot, the sailor, was the only one to take escape from the wreckage. I can't imagine how cold he must have been when the freezing wind and ocean spray lasting on him from the darkness. But standing on the rocks with his feet still ankle deep in the waves, he happened to look up and see the lighthouse on the hill. Hi, Drew says, uh, this reminds me of a show called The Ghost and Mrs. Muir, The Ghost with the Ship's Captain. That sounds familiar. I think my mom used to watch that, or I've heard of it. I know I've heard of it. That sounds... At least the show, The Ghost and Mrs. Muir. I think I said the last name right, too. Mrs. Muir? It's French, isn't it? So it says if he was going to find help, that was his best option. So he began to climb. He practically was dead by the time he reached the lighthouse. But when he knocked, no one answered. A moment later, the keeper of the light rode up the path on a sleigh, having been out for supplies, and realized that once that Elliot needed realized at once that Elliot needed help. He took him in, gave him hot rum, and put him in a warm bath, but not before Elliot managed to whisper something about the others. The keeper immediately called for help and gathered a group about a dozen men together, and together they all traveled down to the shore where they began to look for the wreck of the ship and the people who may be still on board alive. 
When they found the remains of the schooner, the men began to carefully climb across the wreckage, looking for signs of other passengers. It was treacherous work, and the wood was encrusted in ice, and each step swayed dangerously with the waves. When they finally found them, they were still on the portion of the deck where Elliot had left them, but they seemed to shiver whenever the light of the lantern washed over them. Climbing closer, the men discovered why. There wasn't a lighthouse there. Ingram and Dyer were both encased in a thick layer of ice, completely covering their bodies. They were frozen. Now, see, now, I, I can kind of see that happening only because when I was working in Dutch Harbor and being crab boats, if you think about where Dutch Harbor is located, for the ships to come in for us to unload their crab and everything, mm-hmm. it's connected right into the Bering Sea. Right. And you figure how cold that water is. Right, yeah. Well, not only that, look at it. If you look at um, when people leave their, I don't know, it happens in Buffalo and it happens in Rochester. When they leave their cars by the, when they park the cars to go on the ferry somewhere, how the spray and everything oh, yeah. freezes it's, it. And it looks just like an, it, it looks like it was carved out of ice. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, so not taking any chances, the men somehow managed to pry the couple free from the deck of the ship, and the entire block was transported up the hill to the lighthouse. All night, they worked fast and carefully. Kudos to those men. Seriously. You know by now they're dead. They placed the block in a tub of water, and then they slowly chipped away at the ice. And as it melted, they moved the limbs of each person in an attempt to get their bodies flowing again. And somehow, against all logic and medical odds, it worked. Okay, no, they, it possibly could have, because look at the frog that can stop his own heartbeat. Right. And make it through winter. Right. Maybe that's what happened with that ice, is it slowed him down enough and far enough to where it was just enough to barely keep a pulse. Right. But keep him alive. It took them a very long time to recover, but Ingram and Dyer soon opened their eyes. Ingram was the first to speak, and he said that he creaked. He said that he croaked the words, "What all? What is all this? Where are we?" Roger Elliott didn't survive the aftermath of the shipwreck. Maybe it was the trauma of climbing up the hill to the lighthouse, soaked to the bone, and exposing the freezing winds of the storm. Or perhaps it was an injury he sustained in the shipwreck himself or on the climb to the lighthouse. Dyer and Ingram fared better, though. They eventually recovered and were, and even married each other. They settled down and raised a family together in the area, all thanks to the man who died to bring them help when all seemed lost. Mm. That's crazy. So the two that were frozen ended up marrying each other? Yeah. Well, I, I guess they figured they're both going to live fucking forever. We might as well get married to each other. Right. <laughs> I, I know, right? It is a miracle, Heather. But you're right. It is sad. The, 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 the loss of the guy that got him help. Yeah. Yeah. For them to, to actually live. Welcome back, Freaky Geek. Yeah, welcome back. I didn't even see him say he was taking off. Or be right back at me. 
So later stories from in oh. You're the best. It's, it's like I said, it's got a longer delay for some reason. Yeah, it does. But you know, just uh, it doesn't say how long they were suspended in that ice, though, either. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I mean, so, but is it possible? Yeah, I guess it could be. I mean, who was it that, that wants to be uh, deep, deep frozen when he dies? Well, not Walt Disney. Yeah, Walt Disney. Yeah, isn't he cryotonic? Isn't he frozen? It's nobody it's, really knows for it's sure. It's a conspiracy theory. His kids say no. Well, would you? Some say, yes? say his head. Others say because of the brain, you know. Yeah. Others say the whole body. Well, I don't think the brain's going to do much good if he ain't got the rest of it. Well, that way they can transplant the brain. Oh yeah, I guess. Right, Heather. Yeah. See, she said no. He isn't. He was cremated. Do you have ashes to prove it? Do you have the ashes, Heather? To prove what did this? I just say? I know. <laughs> you sure he's not turned into sort of wax? He might be turned into wax and put in the, wa- the wax museum. museum. That would be free. Yeah. It wasn't that on like Crips, Tales of the Crips or something? There was a the whole, or Friday the 13th, one of the two. Hey, Giggles. Hey, Giggles. How are you? But yeah, that, that was on. It was on Supernatural at one point too. Oh, were yeah, were they turned somebody into wax? Yeah, Paris Hilton came to life. Yeah, came to life. <laughs> all right, so let's get into the creepy stories. All right, later stories from inside Owl's Head Lighthouse have been equally chilling. Although there were no other tragic events on record there, it is clear from the firsthand experiences and accounts of those who have made Owl Head their home that something otherworldly has taken up residence there. The Andrews family was one of the first to report any sort of unusual activity on the property. Um, This person can't find any record of their names, but the keeper and his wife lived there along with their elderly father. According to their story, one night the couple was outside and looked up to see a light swirling in their father's window. When they climbed up the stairs, they found the older man shaking in his bed from fright. Some think he might have seen the old sailor, a common figure witnessed by many over the years. When John Norton was a keeper in 1980, he claimed to have seen the same apparition. He had been sleeping. Thank you for the diamond, Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. A creepy diamond from all your creepy fans. Oh, thank you, Nicole. He had been sleeping, but when a noise woke him up, he opened his eyes to see a figure of an old sea captain standing over his bed, just staring at him. The old sailor had been blamed for mysterious footprints that tend to appear in the snow, footprints that could be found on the walk walk toward the house. That sort of got me. That sort of got me. I put my hand up. I know, you put your hand up, but I, I thought I had the delay was longer, so... Um, the prints never seem to have an origin point and always end abruptly in the middle of the sidewalk. Others have claimed to feel cold spots in the house, while some have gone on record to swear that a brass picture inside the house, inside the lighthouse, pictures that were usually tarnished and dark, would be found mysteriously polished. 
I don't find now that, that's an awesome fucking thing. <laughs> but I don't find that too weird when you find your your little skulls that do their walkabouts. Yeah, my skulls will do that. They'll go on walkabouts and uh, get up in the middle of the night, go to the bathroom, step on one of them. It's like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Oh, it's one of her skulls. Mine too, Heather. Vince Price. It's a godfather of horror, man. None of the keepers have been able to figure out who was doing the cleaning for them, though. <laughs> there even there have even been other stories as well. Tells of the white lady who has been frequently seen in the kitchen door slamming without anybody in the room and silverware that have been heard rattling in the drawers. Despite this, though, most say that they feel peace when they're there. More at peace, at least, when they are with the old bearded sailor. In the mid-1980s, Andy German and his wife Denise lived there for a while while tending the light. They moved in and settled into a life on the harsh coast of Maine. Andy divided his time between tending the light and a series of renovations to the old lighthouse which left the yard outside rather chaotic and full of construction materials. One night after climbing into bed, the couple heard the sound of some of the building supplies outside falling over in the wind. Andy pulled up his pants and his shoes and left the room to go take care of the mess before the wind made it worse. Denise watched him leave and then rolled back over to sleep with the lamp still on. A short while later, she felt him climb back into bed. The mattress moved, as did the covers, so she asked out loud how it had gone, if there had been any trouble or anything unusual, but Andy didn't reply. So Denise rolled over. When she did, she found that Andy's spot in the bed was still empty. Well, almost. In the spot where he normally slept beside her, there was a deep depression in the sheets, as if an invisible body was laying right there beside her. Of course, it was just the dent where Andy had been sleeping moments before. I'm just, I was just going to say, couldn't it be something that she wanted him there so bad that she felt him get into bed? Well, that's at least what she told herself. Maybe they had memory <laughs> foam. Maybe. <laughs> but thinking back on it later, Denise admits that she has doubts. There were moments when she was laying there staring at the impression in the sheets and she could have sworn the shape was moving. Maybe she was too level-headed to get upset, or perhaps she was too tired to care. Whatever the reason, Denise simply told whoever it was to leave her alone, and then run over. That's so me, and rolled over and fell back to sleep. That is so me. <laughs> well, what the hell? You throwing Anvil around? I was stuck. <laughs> At breakfast the next morning, she wanted to tell Andy about the experience, thinking he would laugh it off and help her explain it in a way, you know, explain it away. But before she could, he told her his own story. It turned out Andy had an unusual experience of his own the previous night. He explained how he had exited the room and stepped into the hall that was dimly lit. He saw what could, he could only describe as a flank faint cloud hovering close to the door and this cloud he said had been moving according to Andy he walked down the hall and it moved right to up to his feet and then passed right through him 
That's when Denise and Andy asked Andy where the cloud had been going. Into the bedroom, he told her. Why? I don't think so, Freaky. I think this is a whole other story. What's up? He's saying uh, this is a continuation story from the other day? No. So what do you have, what do you have to take it for? I'm sorry. So <laughs> it says you don't. So anyway, the cloud went into the room and apparently laid down with Denise. Maybe they were in his bed. That is so me, though. Will you just freaking leave me alone just for tonight, please? I got a headache. <laughs> well, the guy woke the voice up after the bed of Sarah. He didn't wake, the guy didn't wake her up freaky. This here was the next morning when she got up on her own. And then he what was it? He came home then? Yeah, he was out remember he was out getting yeah, he was out, and then then they explain their stories to each other. Yeah. Oh, what the fart? Right? I know, Freaky. It's close, but it's not the same one. I'm glad you like them, Hyatt Truth. <laughs> so. Well, this year can tie in to the uh, poltergeist uh, situation you wanted. This can tie into that. Right. You don't have to. Tra- it says you don't have to travel to a lighthouse to bump in the tails of unexplained or unworldly. You can hear them just about anyone from anyone you meet, the neighbor down the street to your real estate agent. But lighthouses seem to have a reputation for tragic. And do you know why the story is behind that? Hmm. Why why there's a lot of tragic associated with lighthouses? And it's usually a keeper that dies. Why? Because he holds the responsibility of a ship's wreck on his own shoulders. And the deaths of the people on that ship. Yeah, I can understand that. Totally. I totally can get that. (laughs) 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 You took the words right out of my mouth. Babe, not tonight. I'm at it. Well. In sync's good. Hello, Anton. How you doing, hey, Anton? Hon? I'm still listening. The woman in the kitchen. Andy naked again. He could be. You never know with that Andy guy. <laughs> Ever climb the stairs of a lighthouse? Take your life in the hand. Take your life in the hands. Yeah. And they tend to be dangerous places and they're going to get their share of tragedies. Definitely. Definitely. So, this is, um, the lighthouse seems to have a reputation, reputation for tragic, for the tragic. And maybe that's understandable. These are, after all, houses built to help save lives in a dangerous setting. It might be safe to say that the well for these stories runs deeper than many places. Hi, Pammy. Hey, Pammy. But are they true? Like a lot of stories, it seems to depend on who you talk to. Keepers across the decades have had a mixed bag of experiences. Some see odd things and some don't. Maybe some people just connect to the stories more than others. 
and go looking for hints and signs where there are none. You got to stop and think of a sleep pattern of a late housekeeper, too. It's not like he, he gets a whole lot of sleep. Right. Yeah, that's true. Hey, Freaky, hurry back. Hurry back, Freaky Geek. One recent family described their time there as normal. They never saw a ghost, never watched objects move, and felt right at home the whole time they were there. How long were they there? I don't know. Another family, though, acknowledges that something acknowledges something unusual seemed to be going on in the lighthouse. They would find light bulbs partially unscrewed and thermostat would constantly readjust itself. Perhaps whatever there was haunting the lighthouse in a very environmental conscious. <laughs> it just had been environmentally conscious. It was trying to save energy. Got right. <laughs> it's easy to laugh off most of the stories, but we never lived there. So we've never heard or felt something that we can't explain away. And most samples of data, there's always the outlet. Outlet. Another family who lived in the lighthouse in the 1980s claimed it's a lot of hauntings in the 1980s. I've noticed that, for, at least from this story. Probably when there was a lot more shipwrecks, and because it, you didn't have the radio communications and, and the stuff you do today. Right. Another family who lived there in the 1980s claimed to have experienced their fair share of unusual activity, though. One night, while Jared and Debbie Graham were asleep, their three-year-old daughter, Claire, quietly opened her eyes and sat up in bed. She stared into the darkness for a moment as carefully listening to some, for something or to something, and then climbed out of her bed and left her room. Her bare little feet padded on the cold floor of the hallway as she made her way down towards her parents' room. Inside, she slowly approached the side of their bed and then tapped her father, father tapped her father on the arm to wake him up. When he did wake up, he asked Claire, what's the matter? The little girl replied that she was supposed to tell him something. Well, tell me what, the father said. There's a fog rolling in, Claire replied, somehow sounding like someone infinitely older. Sound the horn. When he asked who had told her this, the little girl looked at him seriously. My friend, she told him, the old man with the beard. He's already dead. That one gave me chills. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> that one gave me chills. Anton um, uh, uh, says, actually, if you mess with the lighthouse, the wrecked ship is not environmentally conscious. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Does it mean us that we were born in the 80s could be haunted too? No. No. That's it just a, seemed like in the story that. It just seemed like everything from that era, it, it was paranormal activity was extremely high. Yeah. And he says, got to wonder about some of these stories though. When I was a kid, Lighthouse and Lightship Keepers worked a month or more on a, and a month off, month on, month off. Can't help but think some of the tales were created. Purely for entertainment. It could oh, be. Amanda says it was a joke. Oh. <laughs> Andy, you can kiss my ass. How's that? It's all good, Amanda, because I was born in the 70s, so, huh? Andy says the old man with the beard. You talking about Eddie again, Missy? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Although I don't see him saying, the fog's rolling in. Sound the horn. You haven't caught me on a really good night. <laughs> he didn't move his ass fast with the sea lion. My fucking lure was still in the water. 
with a fucking twenty dollar little lure. Fuck High you. in truth. Definitely, I agree. The fog. All those movies freaking out. The fog. What's it? The mist. All those. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it back then had had to do with uh, a lighthouse keeper losing his mind and his life and everything was because every time there there was a shipwreck and, and somebody died, or it, he knew it was his responsibility. Yeah, that, to keep uh, them yeah. that one got me freaky. The freaky got me because he, he waits for me not to look, be looking at the screen, right. and that time he got me. He didn't scare me, but he got me without looking at the screen. Okay, Amanda, I'll definitely look after the show. Well, I'm waiting for my chicken. <laughs> Andy, that ain't fog. That's Nicole's digestive system after three days of eating beans and pickled eggs. Ew. Oh, I like together. Well, no, I. You know what? I'd rather eat pickled sausage. Seriously. Frogs was a creepy movie. The people under the stairs. That's a good one. Flowers in the attic is a, is a good book. That was my first, uh, V.C. Andrews' books were my first novels that I read. I couldn't get enough of them. I had the whole collection. They're making a new V.C. Andrews movies. I, I agree somewhat, Anton. A lot of his newer books are kind of uh, not as intense as his uh, older ones are. But he can still write for, the, for his age, he can still write pretty damn good. But he also writes under two two names. He writes under Stephen King, but he's also got a surname that he writes under. Ghostwriter, not a ghostwriter, but a ghost name. That ain't that right. Never mind. No, he's actually published under both. Dean Koontz, yeah. He's a damn good writer. So. Yeah, flowers in the attic really screwed me up as a kid. That, that is a that's one that really will mess your mind up. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. I think that was the first time I ever felt like, how can people treat people like that? Do you know what I mean? It freaky, because uh, Stephen King's movies ain't even nowhere as close. Well, that's, yeah. To, no, but no, no. I know there's a difference between a movie and a book. But his is so far off the base of the book, it's not even funny. Right. What's up, Nubs? Hey, Nubs. Only rights I know is Dr. Seuss and Lady Bird. <laughs> so, did you read my sweet Dorian? I think I said that right. Did you read my sweet Adrena? Ad- uh, Drew. Is that what you're talking about, Heather? Oh, no. Never mind. She's talking about a book. Yeah. I. You know what, Heather, to be honest with you? Sorry, I'm not, I don't know. I can't lie and say I'm tired because I'm not at this point in time. But I, I was going to throw something at you. <laughs> um, that actually sounds familiar. I don't know, though, to be honest. I'd have to see the storyline to remember. It's been so long since I've actually sat down and read a V.C. Andro's book. Oh, she's saying V.C. Andrews wrote that book. Right, yeah. I got it after I would. I said it in my mind. It really does sound familiar. But... Hey, Skooks. Hey, Skooks. Um, 
Antonson. I think his young age, he wrote his novels, but now he just reducts them. I don't know if he's talking about Kuntz or if he's talking about King. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it does sound familiar, Heather, but I, like I said, I, unless I read the, you know, excuse me, part of it to see, I'm not sure. It's been so long since I read any that type of book. <laughs> All right. So here we're taking a look at the eight stages of a poltergeist haunting. Now, this book is from 1911. So I thought it would be fun to read what they thought of back then versus what people you think have today. pronouncing words from the 80s and 90s. How the hell are you going to pronounce words from back then? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so it's this. Well, while you start that, I gotta go. Uh, I have a few of these, so I gotta, I gotta make room for a few more. Okay, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> Why could they not just use one stage? I don't know. Apparently, <laughs> but they wanted to use eight stages. Um, I, I, yeah, I just thought it would be cool to see what they thought back then versus now. I see it coming. Celebration time! Chocolate And just because I haven't done it today, oh, I did do it, but we'll do it again. Ah, Andy. Richard Beckman. Yeah. That I don't know about. I mean, I'm a Stephen King fan, but I'm not, like, I don't, Dean Koontz, I, I've read his, I don't know what, was it Carnival? I've read one of his books. But it was a good book. I don't know if it was called Carnival. It was something to do with a carnival, though. I remember that. I, you know, I used to do that to a friend of mine, Skook. She hated the cupboards open, and now I'm the same way. I must be the age thing. But now I hate cupboards open. I'm always scared somebody's going to, well, I've always been scared somebody's going to knock their head into them. But I used to, she used to hate having cupboards open, and I'd go around and open all her cupboards. Yes, I'm that type of friend. I'll fuck with you. <laughs> no, I was waiting for you to come back. You don't have to wait for me. You keep telling us to shut up so you can try to get going on the damn next show. So sorry. All right. So the A stage is a poltergeist hauntings has been taken from Rupert Matthews book, Poltergeist. Thank you, Heather. Um, I think the only difference is in what country it comes from. I don't know. What the hell is the difference between a novel and a novel? I don't know. So it says, for anyone interested, Matthew's book was well-researched and a great read. He covers the many different characteristics of what we would now consider to be the classic poltergeist haunting. Matthew does not necessarily subscribe to the common poltergeist theories of ghosts or psychokinesis, but instead offers many other possible explanations, such as fraud or misidentification. 
Within the book, Matthews covers historic and modern cases, investigations, and scientific experiments. I would love to get my hands on this book, actually, um, as well as famous early mediums and fraudsters. Matthews concludes that there are generally eight stages to an idealist poltergeist visitation or haunting where fraud has not been detected. Stage one, beginnings. The activity usually begins with faintly registered sounds. This is usually scratching noises, which may be disregarded as being made by rodents or the sound of water pipes. These noises are usually heard at night. Stage two, noises. These sounds will be become harder to ignore. These noises resemble knock, knuckles knocking on wood or other objects such as glass. Now, can, can I ask you a question on that? Sure. If you're saying that it's the same noises. No. Slightly different. Right. Still happening at night. Is that your mind trying to convince you that it's getting worse and bigger? No, because he said usually the scratching noises is what starts it, where you think it's water pipes or rodents. So the next one is knocking. Now yes. That's what I'm saying. So is it is it getting bigger now? Now it's knocking instead right. of scratching. I don't know, but sometimes very loud cracking or unexplaining banging noises are heard, but this is less likely. Objects can sometimes be felt to vibrate. At this stage, the activity may also be heard during daylight hours. Stage three, moving objects. Matthews does not state that sometimes Sometimes stage three begins at the same stage, or he does state, sorry, that sometimes stage three begins at the same time as stage two. Objects may be moved inexplicably, <laughs> unexplainably. Uh-huh. Unexpectedly? No, that's not what it is. In uh, inexplicably. Yeah. It sounds close enough. Yeah. Stone throwing or... Lithobolia is a very is very common. Now I gotta look up lithobolia. Oh, it won't let me. It won't let me search this. How do you spell that word? L I T H. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Okay. L I T H O B O. O V O. B as in boy. Okay. L I A. Um, it is with the bolia or the stone or the stone throwing devil is a 7,000 word narrative folk tale by Richard Chamberlain first printed in London in 1698 um, and is considered an early example of esoteric literature and supernatural horror writing um, definition is a superstitious uh, ceremony or traditional custom. So it may be a means to reflect the deprived judgment and sentiments of others, disbelieving persons in them. So okay. It, it's, it's a way to say, no, no, it's no, it's not true. Right. All right. Then objects may disappear and reappear. This activity usually focuses around a certain type of object 
such as a specific ornament or keys. It's rare to actually see the item be moved, but items may be hot to touch immediately thereafter. I don't think I've ever heard of people like finding something going, oh, that's hot. Have you guys? I've never, no, I've never. I don't think I've ever heard of it, but I'll have to look that look up. I I mean, is it possible if if all of a sudden it appeared, they didn't see it appear, but it just appeared and they reached out and grabbed it? Right, that's what. Now could have been, but you didn't see it there. You just automatically in your mind always thought it was there. You didn't know it just just appeared. Right. So is I'll it, have to look into studies of that, though. I want to know now. That's I interesting. If you think about it, that it's traveled through right, yeah. portals or, or parallel universes, of course it should be warm or hot. Right. Um, stage four, apports and disapports. When object appears from out of nowhere, it's called an apport. When an object disappears into oblivion, it's called disapport. No, it's called what the fuck. <laughs> These types of activities are extremely rare, but have been reported. Wrong show, Freaky. Wrong show, Scooks. No, no, no. They're talking about poltergeist activity. Talking about puberty and young girls? Uh, what the yes. fart? Yes, what the fart? Yeah. Because that's when poltergeist usually happens with the psychokinesis and that. What did we just discuss outside? Oh, yeah, that's right. Because it doesn't happen in young boys. It's, it happens more in girls than boys. But uh, it does happen in boys. <laughs> exactly, Andy. Hey, you do that. <laughs> I have to do that. <laughs> Stage five, communication. In some cases, communication is established through the code of knocks. This may be two knocks including indicating a yes, one knock indicating a no, or some other established pattern. Sometimes speech is achieved. In almost all these cases, there seems to be a gradual process which starts with whistles, slurps, growls, and so on. At first, mutterings or distant voices will be heard. Next, the voice will said to sound robotic. I ain't sound sh- I ain't said shit yet, so. Finally, witness will claim regular speech is achieved. The poltergeist will then be able to speak as normal person and will begin to make statements. Claims by poltergeists about their identity are usually grande. Um, are usually grand. They may claim to have been a murderer a victim, a suicide, or even a famous person. When claims are checked out, they will usually be determined to be false. According to Matthews, it's rare for a poltergeist to have knowledge of events outside of what is widely known as within the community. Matthews does not mention this, but is it's an interesting but it is interesting that many claimed spirit contacts through the Ouija board also share the same characteristics of deceit. Six, stage six, climax. The poltergeist activity will suddenly increase to a point it never reached before. That's when Carrie Ann comes into play. Um, joking from poltergeist. 
This may last several hours or several days. What the hell was that on TV? If the poltergeist can talk, it may state that it's going to leave, be leaving soon. Unlike previous claims, however, this is generally, will generally turn out to be true. No, Nicole, you're hearing our TV in the background. Stage 7. Stage 7. Decline. According to Matthews, the decline is almost as much shorter than the buildup. The poltergeist will lose its abilities in reverse and gradually become weaker. Stage 8. Ending. The activity may slowly skip to an end. Sometimes this poltergeist activity will reach a dramatic conclusion. In many cases, exorcisms or blessings may prematurely kill the activity. Sometimes the focused person leaving the premises may also cause the activity to cease. Interesting. I mean, it, it does sound like it, they report today about poltergeist that it comes in, starts shit, and then goes goes away as fast as it came. Oh, you blurry again? Other features. The idealized poltergeist haunting will usually have a focus person. According to Matthews, this focus person is usually a teenage female, but may, may be any age or gender. Some investigators believe that the poltergeist activity will center around one person, but this is not always the case. Matthew also states that it is often that the focus person or people are usually in a stressful situation of some kind. Examples given within the book are a divorce and attempted rape. Also no, poltergeist sometimes manifest physically. The apparition may be smoky or misty. Sometimes it will take on a human form, and sometimes the apparition may appear very strange, such as an animal or part animal form. Wet spots may also manifest, which smell like urine. Sometimes this manifestation can be seen as it's occurring and seems to come out of nowhere. Well, it wasn't urine, but it reminds me of that guy with the water. I was going to say somebody peeing in their bed with thinking they're in the bathroom. Right. <laughs> um, but that guy, hey, Greg, how you doing, What's up, honey? Greg? Um, remember I did that story about that guy that had water coming out of his ceiling. He doesn't know where the hell it was coming from. Uh, they, everybody, his friends or something was saying, maybe it's out of the bathroom from the uh, apartment above you, but there was no apartment above him. Yeah, it was a very strange, it was very cool. Well, he didn't think it was cool. But, you know, he would wake up like wet and he's like, what the hell? And it wasn't just enough wetness to say that he pissed the bed. No. It was soaked. Yeah, it was like pouring out. It was definitely an interesting case, I'll tell you that much. Um, it also says witnesses will sometimes claim to have been harmed by the poltergeist entity. Scratches and bite marks are, awful, are often reported. Well, they're awful too. But they're reported to have appeared on a person's skin without explanation. In some cases, animals will perish. Fires will sometimes start in the home inexplicably in the bellway, which case the poltergeist claimed to have killed Jack Bell. In one case, which is not in Matthew's book, a woman named Doris, Dor Doris Bither claimed to have been raped by a poltergeist. 
Witnesses later supported her claim. The Bithers poltergeist account and investigation was made in the 1981 movie, The Entity. I remember that movie. That was a creepy-ass movie. Thank you, Haya, for the sub. Well, we... Thanks for stopping in, Greg, man. We greatly appreciate it. We really do. Yes, definitely. No problem, Greg, but thank you so much. Who subbed? Hiya. Thank you, Hiya. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yes, she does. I can't stand it, but... (laughs) We appreciate it. (laughs) Oh, my God. You know who Hiya Truth is, right? Is that balloon? The one that drew my paintings. Oh, or paint, well, oh not, is that her? Not drew, but painted my paintings. Is that yes. her? Yes. Oh, them were amazing. <laughs> so it's important. I thought he did. I, I didn't know if he'd figure that out or not. Obviously not. <laughs> yeah, it was an awesome movie. That entity, that movie, the entity, that's, I tell you, that's one of the movies that, that freaked me out. You know, Heather, I is the new we. You are right. But when you say I, it makes we look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to note that poltergeist distinction is not clear, as many imagine. The characteristics of the hauntings often share many similarities with conventional hauntings. The word poltergeist means noisy ghost, which comes to represent a specific, specific idol, idol, idealized type of haunting. Many individuals separate poltergeists from the traditional ghosts because they believe that the spirits of deceased cause the other type of hauntings and that there is a psychic explanation for poltergeist activity. One early theory was that poltergeist activity was caused by uncontrolled female teenage sexual energy, an unfounded belief that persists today. Myself, I I do believe that poltergeist has something to do with telekinetic powers. Um, that's my belief. Um, hey, hey circle. circle. Like when I was, when we were talking to before the show, um, yes, it's a, two different words, polter and geist. Polter meaning a noisy and geist meaning ghost in German. Um, but when we we're talking today, I, I the way I explained it to him, the way when I get pissed and electronics shut down, to me that is a type of pol- poltergeist activity. I just think um, it's just something that you, well you can control it when you get you know used to it, but. <laughs> It's people like you, Andy, to give me the fucking wrinkles. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, then that's my belief. But but um, what do you guys think? What do you think poltergeist? I think I'm just keeping my camera covered the rest of the goddamn show. It's that blurry, huh? Yep. I'm sorry, baby. You can't, you can't tell from your camera? From I wasn't looking. I wasn't looking. I don't look at the screen. Oh, yeah, it's blurry. It is like how it start, storms here when I. It absolutely yeah. could be Amanda. Yep, that would to me would be a type of poltergeist. It, whatever energy, you know, that's chaotic. 
<laughs> they can't see you look making faces at me. So well, I can chaos fail. Be I, of this. I can say all I want. You guys can't see the faces he makes at me. No, but they can hear what I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the show was shadowed in a little bit of chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Just a dash. <laughs> so um it's Eddie's fault again. That's right. What else is fucking hell? <laughs> so next moving on is 10 things you didn't know about Poltergeist. And I don't know. I haven't really gone through the list, so we'll see if we know them or if we don't know them. Oh, great. There it went. Poltergeist activity. It took my card. It took your card? Oh, oh, it's right there. Everybody quit looking at my boob. <laughs> <laughs> And the odd I go to the shore on a serious, seriously <laughs> stormy day, face the crashing waves and wind, and I feel so alive. That is true, Andy. Let me tell you, I am right there with you when it comes to... When it comes to something like that, that's your body absorbing oh, energy back into it. I love it. Just like thunderstorms. Back in the day when, when I lived in New York and we had thunderstorms, because up here they don't have thunderstorms. Ah, that's funny. Uh, that's what we were talking about earlier, Nicole. Poltergeists are not demonic. No. No. Um, I just think it's a lot of chaotic <laughs> energy. No, Amanda, I don't think your cat had anything to do with making my camera blurry. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, save your car at Christmas. <laughs> no! He's not allowed to do that. Shit, she hasn't even let me hold the goddamn things. Were you kidding me? That's right. I'll have to wait till she takes a nap later. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'll come over here and go, which ones are they? Oh, no, I know. I know. Trust me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, when there's a lightning storm and I'm around, I get very, like, it's Relaxed. like... No, I get very souped up. Charged yeah, when you get relaxed. Yeah, I feel like I'm in my own element. Freaky said laugh out loud, and she giggled <laughs> while she said it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. The car is labeled as shadows. It doesn't matter what the hell they're labeled. That's right. That's right. Does not matter what they're labeled. What are they? Shadow. Shadowscapes. Does it say shadows of the moon on it? Says shadows. That's all it Does needs. Does it say shadows of the moon? Well, give me a pen and it will. Oh, are you going to ruin the cards? <laughs> no, I was going to write on a book. I will give you a permanent marker. <laughs> I get drained every time there's a storm here. Oh, not me. I get charged. I wonder if she's a fire energy and she gets drained because of the storm. That could be. I bet you that's what it is, too. I bet you she, she's a fire energy. And when a storm comes, it drains her energy because it's putting it out. Well, or it could be, she said, it's worse since I was struck by lightning. But it could also be trying to balance her out, too. Right. It You're could starting be, to get too charged up. Yeah. Let me let me knock you down a few notches. Yeah, exactly, Heather. Just stay away from a TV when a poultry. That's the only advice you need. <laughs> it's been worse since I was struck by You lightning. too, Haya? I bet you that's what it is. 
um, and you give her a marker like that. She might write on your forehead. Uh, and then when she wakes up, she'll be bald. So one hand's going to feed the other. <laughs> that shit swings both ways, trust me. All right, so the word poltergeist is taken from two Germans. Poltern meaning noisy or boisterous and geist meaning ghost. It's made popular, of course, by Hollywood. Poltergeist attacks can be one of the most frightening types of paranormal phenomenon. Objects being flung across the room, slamming doors, strange noises, even violent attacks are some things reported to be in the hands of a poltergeist. So what, what are the 10 most important things you should know about a poltergeist, according to this site? And again, all links will be down in the bottom. One, how does the haunting start? Poltergeist activity does not usually start with massive bangs, but it'll start small. Just, all right, so this is going in with the book that we just, the list with the book. Well, uh, with small, sometimes troubling events that will often seen as pranks by others. These may be, they may escalate over a period of time to become harmful and frightening. Heather and Nicole both said use the slap button. I don't know who's getting slapped, but but they both said it. <laughs> there was a case of a man who was haunted by poltergeist who kept messing with him when he tried to date a woman. When he tried to date a woman, I heard of that. I don't know where I heard of that. Ron says he his phone overheated. That's not poltergeist, dude. That's just you need to stop calling them sex lines. <laughs> well, that sucks, Ron. He was on a roll. They call him Butter over there. <laughs> oh, Andy said I was chatting with Nicole one night when a big thunder and lightning storm kicked off here. Turned up on my mobile data, jumped in the car, and drove to the beach to watch the storm over the bay. That would be so freaking beautiful. I wish they had thunderstorms like that here. I did that in Florida when the hurricanes would roll in. Not always, Heather. Heather asked, doesn't poltergeist activity start sometimes? Start, yeah, sometimes when there is a child that is heading into puberty. It, it's usually, just, it, I would say it's either just before puberty or just after puberty. Yeah, it's just like in between that time frame that it can happen, definitely. Um, but in some cases. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I believe that, Ron. I believe that. <laughs> but I, you know, in, in that, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I can see that happening because that's when their body is going through a change, getting ready to go through a change, just finish the change. Right. Where all their energy, their internal energy is built. Right. And it's like static electricity just getting ready to let loose right exactly chaotic energy yes. what, what, what's that that spear ball that you can put your hand and make what? the oh we um the uh yeah i know you know what i'm talking about yeah. that's what it's like that, it, 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 it's drawing everything and anything that it can right i should change that to moon cookies yeah you should um, but that's what Skook and Freaky were talking about. Hey, I, I, but the way it was being worded, worded, right. worded 
you you thought that yeah, I get yeah it. it wasn't coming quite across that way right that's what I miss about living on Cape Cod, going down to the beach. That's what I miss about. That's about the only thing I missed about Florida. I'm trying to think, Cape Cod. Um, around that area is where I was going to move. Oh. No, Cape Cod's in Florida, right? Oh, there's a couple of different Cape Cods. I'm thinking Cape Cod in Massachusetts. Well, no, but that's not Cape Cod. I don't know. Hey, Boomer. What's up, Boomer? Plasma ball. Yes. Good job, Boomer. He knows. He's right Thank on it. Thank you. I, I couldn't think of the damn name of it. <laughs> but that's it, it, That's exactly what the human body is going, going through at that point in time. That energy is so built up. You have no control over it, and, and it's trying to grab everything and anything right? to try to ground you. I hope I'm saying I read Boomer, we kind of know, I hope. I, I think I'm saying that right. No, I don't. I totally, yeah, it's chaotic energy. It's just... Yeah. It's kind of like, wait. Like, okay, wait. Cape Cod, Massachusetts. There's a town that you go to... What the hell town was it? I was going to move there. And I loved it because the kids' school was across the street from the apartment buildings. And then their water was and, right and I there. I think it's Cape Canaveral. Yeah, Florida. the Cape Canaveral. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that's why when I was like Cape Cod, I'm like, that. that's the Cape. That's Cape. Never mind. Yeah. It started with an H. I can't remember the that's name right. Patrick here just showed up. Hey, Patrick. But yeah, it dawned on me. No, that's Cape Canaveral in Florida, yeah, not Cape yeah. Cod. I'm telling you. I, I, I can't make any excuses. I'm not tired, but I am hungry for chicken. <laughs> I got the hand. I know, I know. All right, number two, causes. It remains unknown why poltergeist activity starts. There are different theories regarding its cause. One theory is the spirits or elemental beings. I don't feel like it's elemental beings. No, um, I think it's self-manifestated. At a location that are drawing on energy around them to make themselves known. No, because my take on elementals is that if they want you to know they're there, they're going to fucking tell you that they're there. Possibly upset or disturbed at changes in the environment. Another theory is that the residents in the property may be the cause. It's is that supposed to be which switch? It's 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 switch. I don't know where that is. I lived in Medway for a little bit, Framingham for a little bit. Medway was my where I lived basically. That's what my my belief is too, Boomer. But we're just going through this. We just read um Moby Dick. No, we did not. <laughs> um a book from nineteen eleven that had what poltergeist were. Or at least that person's take on it. Um characteristics number three. Poltergeist hauntings usually start subtly with unnoticed movements of objects or the appearance of unexplained puddles of water. As the haunting escalates, objects 
may appear to be thrown, sometimes aimed at person, and inexplicable noises such as footfalls or heavy pieces of furniture dragged across the floor may be heard at strange times. All right, uh, Ishmael. Uh, I even fucking pronounced that right, and I know I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ron. Yeah, so th- I, yeah, I can understand that, hon. Um, now this doesn't have to tie in, but David, puddles of water. Now I got it. I got to ask you guys. Natick. Okay, I've been to the Natick Mall a couple different times. <laughs> nice. That's cool. The Bridgewater Triangle. Yep. Yep. We talked about that. Last week. Last, Last week. Friday. Was it Thursday? Friday? Somewhere right uh, now. Somewhere. Um, so now mind you, I, I seen this happen and Eddie seen it happen. He don't know what I'm gonna talk about though. Um so there was a, well, I'll tell you the show, Destination Fear, right? I don't and know, it, I don't know what you're talking got, about, don't look at me. Where the spirit, you couldn't see the spirit walking, but you could see a person walking in the puddle. Remember that? Yeah. That has stuck with me. You couldn't see, but the way the lights were, you could actually see them in the puddle. Like a spirit walking, and it was like an old-time nurse, and you couldn't see anything in front of you. So, like, where the reflection was coming from? Was the puddle. Was the puddle. Almost like it was in another dimension, another parallel walking across. Because once it left the puddle, you couldn't see it again. Right, right. Um, From everything I heard, that's true, Missy. I have a friend from the Army who's a demonologist. Very cool. I have a couple friends that are are demonologists. I'm not a demonologist, but... I've studied demons immensely. Yeah, freaky. I, I I'm I don't mean to bring it up now. I know we're not talking about it right now, but I'm telling you, like it. That's one thing that has stuck with me. Like seeing this. Like, are we looking in the wrong spots? Like, if there's puddles on the floor, and we're watching up here. You know what I mean? For spirits. We're missing the whole show. We're missing a whole show. If that, you, Do you know what I mean? Because they actually, we had to slow it down and go back three times. Yes. To figure out where the hell they were talking about. Yeah. Because we couldn't see anything. Um, it's just, it makes me think. After like, third- I know, now, now, mind you, when I go in to take a shower, I have to tell the spirits, I have to tell my guardians or my higher self, whatever you want to, you know, call it to don't let anybody speak. Cause I'll tend to hear in the water. Thank you for the lemons, Heather. Appreciate We appreciate it. <laughs> right. Andy said, Oh shit. If a puddle can be a portal, I'm stuffed and living next to the sea. Hey, hey G-Smoke. G-Smoke, long time. No see. How you doing? But I, I'm, I'm not so sure that it's a portal. I, I, I think, in a way, it's a viewing mirror, a, a viewing window. Because, Could be. because that what that image had no concern of us being there, right? And like, it took us forever to spot that image walk across. 
It's right. almost like looking through a looking glass. Like it's one way yeah. for both of like us. Like it was in another dimension. It was weird. But it's a one way for both of us. Right. Can see in. Or you can see your own reflection, but you can't see us and we couldn't you you know what I mean? Yeah. I can see you, but you couldn't see me. Right. A two way mirror. That's um that's the Yeah. That's exactly what it looked like. But what's your guys' take on that? I mean, if we're looking, like, I really want to go out and investigate and pour freaking water on the ground so there's a puddle. Yeah, I wouldn't mind trying to do that at the gravesite. Right? The puddle is not necessarily water. It could be a... No, it no, was it, a puddle. It, 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 was, it was a puddle because it just got done raining. <laughs> yeah, it was like an old building, and it was raining, and there was a puddle there. But it was still an active building. But I get what you're saying, too. Hi, Patricia. I mean, now, hey, Patricia, how you doing, hon? Welcome. Could you have been... No, uh, I get the idea in it? Of, of scrying, because I've scried with water. You know what I mean? And I get why people do scry, but I just... It, like, took me aback thinking about that. It's when you see a solitary reflection in the puddle. It bends down to touch the surface... Because it can see you. No, it, it, you can tell it. It couldn't. It couldn't see anybody. It, it just walked by like it was going to its car. In the I know. But can you imagine if you see if you were seeing that though? That's what I'm telling him. It just. It, that, but that's not what it was. Right. I know. He's just. Oh, I I, I freaked the freak out. Like it, like it's putting its hand up there for you know like give me five. Yeah, you can go up yourself. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to think of pulling me in that motherfucker. It ain't happening. But ever since I've seen that, that's like stuck with me. And I'm sorry that because we were talking about poltergeist. Look at what just happened on debris. Last I, I know. I was thinking, as soon as you said that, I was thinking like debris. Um, that's a good damn good show. So, yeah, yeah. It is, it is. I mean, I'm sucked into it now. And it sucks. It's only on once a week. Yeah. But I'm sorry to bring it up during our poltergeist experience. You're talking about poltergeist and that, but. When they said that heavy or the uh, puddle of water, I was like, "Listen, I want to bring this up once and for all." Hopefully, if we can get out there soon enough, probably within a, I'm going to say within the next three weeks, if we can, we might be able to pull off an investigation before the bears come out of hibernation. And that would be pushing it. Yeah, that's... You see, that's what sucks about here, and people don't understand how many bears we have just around this town. Right, yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Beliefs about poltergeist. In the Middle Ages, it was believed... Haya says that she loves debris. Yeah. Yeah, that's a hell of a movie. Show. Yeah, I'm going to call it a movie, because it's only on once a fucking week. And it's a new one every week, so it's a, it's a movie to me. Yes, uh, Freaky Geek. He's like, I love how that girl said, if you can't use something to help these people, then you don't deserve the power. That is so freaking true. No, it's not. It was last night, Haya. No, we watched it on the app, honey. So is it tonight? That means we. it might be there tomorrow. Another show, another Oh, hell, I get two and three days? I forget when it's on. Yeah, Monday nights. Yeah, she's right. Oh, snap. <laughs> but I can't watch it tonight, though. No. 
Because I'm going to have to go to bed. Same with Estes Park. Have to watch out for the bears at night. Yeah, it's... it's. And when I'm talking about what we want to investigate here, there is a very old uh, Asian cemetery mm-hmm. um, that got flooded out by the tsunami from 1979. And, and it's actually uncovered uh, a lot of things down there. And, and we'd love to go back there and do it, but... You're I'd talking, love to go to Old Valdez, yeah. But you're talking about prime bear fishing area. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I say that we, you need a team of 20 to go hunting and 18 of them need to be carrying guns, that's not a joke. Yeah. Right. Why'd you buy the floor? Just to see if there's bears around. That's right. I bought it for bears. $300 piece of equipment just to try to see if there's bears. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Yes, Freaky Geek. <laughs> All right. Number four, beliefs about <laughs> poltergeists. In the Middle Ages, it was believed that poltergeists were demon plaguing the world, tormenting and tricking their victims, with the appearance often linked to witchcraft or unholy acts. In other cultures, they may be attributed to local demons or jinns or restless spirits. Um, number five, can Ouija boards call poltergeist? Ouija boards can be used to open the doorway for many types of unseen entities or energies to enter this world. Poltergeists attracted in this way can be highly active and rather than gradual buildup of activity seen in a traditional poltergeist case, may rapidly manifest physical attacks on their victims. Now, a a board can be a doorway, yes, but it takes you to be the key. Yeah, definitely. And Shadows definitely needs her running shoes to outrun me, trust me. I know, Andy. He's <laughs> like, just make sure you give Missy your running shoes before we go. I know, because Freaky Geek said Shadows don't need her running shoes to leave Eddie in the dust, I'm sure. That's true. Well, no, she will, because we're not fishing. I ain't worried about losing a fucking lure. That's true. Yes, it is a different situation. <laughs> <laughs> that lure meant the world to him. Fucking twenty goddamn dollar lure! You got that right in the world to me. I know. I'm not gonna dude run from a ghost, but I'll dude run from a bear. (laughs) Imagine that. Now you can go say hi to the ghost. And yeah, I know, right? (laughs) And I'll dude run from a to a uh, from a sea sea lion. Right, Nicole? I hear you. Hey, when you catch a second place, almost almost the first place winner of $10,000 on that $20 lure, I ain't losing that bitch. I outran a bear once at Night Eddie in Estes when it was coming up the same sidewalk. I, I, you know what? I wouldn't doubt it. Well, I don't know if you heard the story, Boomer, but we were down fishing at the dock, and I'd see lion like this. The head of it was like this big. No lie. Just popped up out of the water. <laughs> I left Eddie in the dust and was up on the park, so, in the parking lot. So I'm standing there. This fucking thing's about three feet from me. I'm reeling in my fucking line like I'm still fishing. And she, all I hear is, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I was already up there, had my fishing pole. I left everything behind, but... I was, I was like, nope, not doing it. Not today, Satan. <laughs> no, but she damn sure had a fishing pole in her hand. But everything else down around the dock, but she had a fishing pole. That's right. Paid right. good money for that fishing pole. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> 
Screw you. I was working as well. Yeah, I still paid for it. <laughs> you just paid for my beer to go fishing. Oh, is that it? Yes. <laughs> All right, number six, possession. Possession occurs when poltergeist energy takes control of a person's body and may talk through that person. I don't believe that. I don't either. The possessed person is unlikely to be aware of the possession and may not even realize they are suffering from lost time. Yeah, I don't believe that when I don't believe poltergeists possess people. Leopard I, seals? I, I don't know if I've ever seen one of them. A what? A leopard seal? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're, is that the, with the black spots? Yeah, yeah they're, they're kind of like... Uh, they're aggressive? Uh, yeah, they're, they're more aggressive than uh, uh, sea lions and seals and shit. They are more right. aggressive. They're smaller than a sea lion, but they're not afraid of a sea lion. Right. <laughs> That's... You, yeah. I think I know. We have a couple of them around. Is that the ones that steal our fish off the... Our... No, they were just little fucking thieves. <laughs> when we're fishing, we have to watch out for seals because they'll come by and, and just take the whole fish off your fishing line. They're like, oh, thank you for catching dinner for us. <laughs> or or they'll, do, they'll do to us like they did our boss. He actually grabbed the hook, too. And he's standing there in the line going, he says, cut the goddamn thing. <laughs> Oh really, Boomer? See, I've never, I've never heard of a, a poltergeist possessing anybody. I think that's all a, a, a mental concept of being possessed. When I had my sugar shock, I, I'll tell you that. I wonder if that's what that feeling's like, because I could, I could comprehend what she was saying, but I couldn't move. Could be. All seals and orcas and that love fucking, or not, all whales love all seals and shit. If they can catch them and eat them, I, I think the only ones that really stand a chance are full-grown fucking sea lions. I don't know. I just know that. Okay, Jim. I'll be. I'll watch for that. I completely uh, read that wrong. I see what he says now. Leopard seal's favorite food seems to be penguins. Yes, I mean, and they are. Oh, they, yep, they're the orcas, orcas of the Antarctic. You're absolutely right. Oh, are they, Patrick? They're more com common here and then Newfoundland. Do you think it's poltergeist that keeps turning my galaxy light on at night every time I go to sleep? I think that's you doing it, not physically. But I think it's you turning it on. Yeah, oppression. Okay, I could see, I could see that the oppression, but I, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Sorry, <laughs> that's my mind gets going, and I'm like, uh. <laughs> All right, we need to get on to the next step. Though. I know we're almost. <laughs> yeah. So. No, that's what I'm saying, Jim. It's not you physically doing it, but you are doing it. <laughs> It's kind of like when I think of poltergeist, like I said, I think of like when I get extremely pissed, you guys have seen it, where I just shut down electronics. You're drawing energy. It's it's that chaotic energy. But he's shooting energy. Yeah, but he's, yeah. Freaky geek over there doing a pee-pee dance with a teddy bear. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
maybe it's just a spirit having fun and wants you to your it, cats to go nuts. It could and, be. You know what I mean? I, I see. That's the type of haunting that I would do. You think you want to sleep, motherfucker? Watch this. <laughs> Only I, you know, I'd sit there and wing it over. You know, as you're laying there, so they'll attack. Hey, if my cats can freaking wake me up in the middle of the night running over my feet because they're chasing each other. No, I'm gonna let you feel what it's like them <laughs> running over my soul. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number seven, attack. Poltergeist attacks can be psychological as well as physical. Definitely. The psychological attack starts with general activities, which may cause fear and anxiety, increasing psychological distress, such as shaking of beds and moving of objects, physical attacks. Which that goes back to what Boomer was saying about being oppressed and that I can understand. I can get that. Oh, okay. Jim says it, it, it's a ghost that he, he thinks he knows just screwing around with them. See, that's totally what I would do. But Boomer, there's no way to say it's a child spirit. No, that's what Boomer's picking up. Remember, it, Boomer can... It, well, you know, I can see a kid doing that, though. Yeah, definitely. Well, that, I, I used yeah. to screw it. My dad and the pen and the cat. Right. Not? <laughs> right. I'm telling you, that's so something. I would. I, I take that laser beam and leave my cat right to the bedroom. And then I would sit here being reading chat going, ha, they think I'm a child. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm that person. <laughs> um, number eight, how long do they last? The attack of poltergeist is shorter than a traditional haunting and may last anything from a few weeks to a few years. Depends on you, really. I, th I believe so, yeah. <laughs> Nine, can you get rid of them? Poltergeists are extremely difficult to remove. Exorcisms may be used to uh, remove a, a poltergeist when they, they are of a demonic or spiritual origin, but the process can be lengthy and very difficult and could possibly make things worse in short term as the activity may escalate. Oh, you ain't lying, Andy. That would be some serious shit right there. I know. That yeah, would be they, awesome. Why, why can't they hook up a program to run? Boomer has one, actually. That Boomer run through your chat like this? Not through the chat, but he's got one that he shows on his phone. But that's what I'm saying, though, that, that you can run a program to actually interact with the chat where what he says right. is typing up. Kind of like a, a bot. That would be fucking cool as hell. And number 10, darker aspects. Darker manifestations of poltergeist activity include inappropriate drawing of faces or messages on a foggy mirror and the appearance of blood or soil objects. The living may be pushed, tugged, or knocked down by unknown forces, dragged out of beds, and physically or physical bruises or marks manifesting. So then, they say, sleep well tonight. All right, Jim says uh, the light can only be turned on by a remote, and he had it in a metal drawer last night. Andrew said you have to be careful of the child spirit because it may not be a child. Absolutely true. Um, you could hook up something with a mic, and it types what it says, I suppose. That's what we're saying. Um, they they mess with my touch screen on my laptop. Yes, I've been there. Okay, that would be a, a naive, friendly ghost. Turn up and give me a hug. Turn up and give me a tug. Oh, a tug. 
How does that give you a hug? <laughs> so now I'm being asked to get my sister-in-law's hooked on you too, LOL. <laughs> Who's asking you to do that? Was it Poltergeist? Probably. <laughs> Turn around the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast can't hear you. I don't care. I it's not my show. <laughs> uh, okay, oh. yeah, definitely, Jim says I'll have to post pics and videos. Uh, Heather so, saying I think it's her fiance. Oh, okay. Sorry, I go ahead and talk because I'm. Oh, what the. F- I know, right? I can't talk because shit. Chad Chad is like just going. (laughs) And I'm trying to keep up with it all. And I just can't fucking do it. Don't do it, Amanda. The withdrawal. Well, that just didn't sound right in the first seven words. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you ain't kidding. I had to give up my computer so she could use it for a while. Did I have to do double points today? Yes. Because we couldn't do it Friday because you couldn't get a... Oh, D-Live to work. D-Live to work. And Thursday, we lost uh, power. Right. Um, It was a um, rough week. BLR, BLR, BLT. Bacon, lettuce, rubbish. Right? I don't have any idea what the hell that is, Nicole, but... All right, guys. I thought we were going to keep going. We got to You ain't tired. I guy. want chicken, damn it. Double points. Yeah. You Double points. I'm not tired, but I'm fucking hungry. Uh, I'm bringing you in your mac and cheese. Listen, it's noon. I got to eat. I haven't ate breakfast yet. I just said, uh, I'm bringing you in your mac and no, cheese. No, I'm not eating while I'm on the camera. <laughs> see? If I you want Lamont's, you don't have to, Amanda, but if you want Lamont's. Lemons. Lamons. Lamons. Uh, you don't have to jump over to D-Live. You can easily just transfer over. I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, Andy. All right, she's over there now. All right. This is the part where I tell all the women, I'm going to give you a great big hug. I'm going to give all the guys a fist bump. Stay safe. Stay strong. We're going to get through this. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. And my credits didn't play, apparently. So now the bucket just Oh, no, there it goes. There it goes. <laughs> no, say, it's, here it'll... we go. All right, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. As always, we love having you guys here. Love your take on different things, definitely. I will check that out, Boomer. I will definitely check that out. Um, I hope everybody... Has an awesome day. Take care. Be safe. Tomorrow is Tarot Tuesday. Let's go ahead and get the lemons squared away. I hope you guys have been hyping up chat. I pressed the button. So if it doesn't pop up for you, click on the chest over in DLive. Yes, that rabbit does run on Duracell. Yeah, because the Energizer bunny died. Yes. I hope you guys 
have an awesome rest of your Monday. Again, we'll see you tomorrow for Tarot Tuesday. Amanda says it's not working on her end. Click on the chest. Yes, click on the chest. Not your chest, the chest on the screen. <laughs> All right, Heather got two, 207.8. Nicole got 119.8. And Haya got 86.8. Freaky's chest wouldn't open either. What the heck, guys? A man, or, uh, yeah. Uh, Amanda says her, she clicked on it. It wouldn't open either. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Patrick's wouldn't open. Patrick's didn't open. What the hell? I'm sorry, guys. Hold on. I, well, not right now. I, I'll figure out a way to uh, donate lemons to you guys, even if I got to put my own money in to get you guys lemons, because it, it's been screwing up a lot lately. It really has. But I'll, I'll, we'll do we'll do what we can to make sure it gets right and you guys get some lemons, okay? Definitely. All right, guys. With that being said, take care. Be safe. Get me off a of full screen. There we go. Have a great rest of your Monday. And remember, find something today that makes you smile with your eyes. I love you guys. We love you. <laughs> take care. Be safe. Mm -hmm. See you tomorrow.